This podcast is supported by listeners like you. We're grateful for your tax-deductible donation at newthoughtphilly.org or the link in the episode description. A practical prayer is a prayer that works. These discussions between Reverend Bill Marcioni and Carol Lawrence dive into the details of how it works and how to work it. Reverend Bill is a New Thought minister and the author of Practical Prayer for Real Results. Your new life begins with a new thought. Carol Lawrence is on a spiritual quest, finding the New Thought teaching after decades on the pulpit in three different traditional denominations. I've got some questions. Together, they're exploring the philosophy and activities that come together from many of the world's religions to create the practical spirituality that is New Thought. to the Practical Prayer Podcast. I'm Carol Lawrence. And I'm Reverend Bill Marcioni. Today, we're going to talk about the difference between a practical prayer and other kinds of prayer. So what is the difference between a practical prayer and another kind of prayer? I'm glad you asked. (laughs) (laughs) There's a lot of nuance and a lot of detail, and we can go into the formula and the five or seven steps in a practical prayer, and we can go into the alignment that happens. But the core difference that makes a practical prayer into a practical prayer is in the very beginning, when we open ourselves to God, when we set our sights on the divine, in a practical prayer, we're always looking inward. We are, we are intuitively or explicitly acknowledging that that divine power and presence is within us. And in a prayer of supplication, asking a favor, we, we see God as outside. We're looking for something out there, up in the sky. So it's really easy to tell if a prayer is going to be a practical prayer or not. Because when you turn your eyes to the infinite, if you're looking up, you miss the point. So that's that's the very first thing. because And that's hard to kind of um, reconcile with oneself because we are accustomed to being in ask mode. Mm -hmm. You know, talking to somebody and then kind of, when you're asking, then you have to hope that even if you believe the, that God, you know, out there somewhere is is there listening, you got to hope that you got God's attention and you didn't do anything else that will get in the way of that kind of communication that you want. You right. Know, you, yeah. If, the, if it's God out there, then God may or may not be listening. God may or may not have its own agenda. God may be like, rolling the dice or I'm sorry, we're at capacity. There's no more good that's available for today. You're going to have to come back and do exactly the same prayer tomorrow in order to get what you're looking for. Because somebody, I was going to say on the other side of town, but no, in a different galaxy got something today. And so you don't. And that's just becomes pretty unwieldy when you actually think through what God would be up to. So can you wind back a statement or so because you said you have to be concerned about god's agenda when you're when you're praying let's say a traditional prayer i'll call it that you're concerned about god's agenda could you say something about that as opposed to speaking to the god inside you know is there a different agenda and whose agenda is it yeah i think it's really simple because we all agree that god is an infinite power it is the center and circumference of everything. 
there is no power greater than God. We're not going to get into a fist fight with God and win. We're not even going to get into an argument with God and win. This is an infinite power that is the source of everything that exists. And, it, you know, in the beginning, there was darkness and void and God. Mm-hmm. And God said, let there be, and there is. So that is, there was nothing but God before. God is the ultimate power and source of everything. So how could God have had an agenda when starting that whole process for what's supposed to happen with you? If God had an agenda, then you would have no free will whatsoever. Mm. Because it's an infinite power. I mean, if, if it's got an agenda, it's going to do things the way it wants to. You, you will not have the ability to do something that will displease God. So what we're doing is we're acknowledging that that infinite creative power that created everything created us. And it doesn't have a horse in the race. If I have the ability to study hard and cure cancer, God says, yay. And if I have that same ability and decide that I want to open a hot dog stand on the beach, God says, yay. Because all God wants us to do is to be us. That is the, the, that is the, the sum total of what God wants. And we get to express that in whatever way brings fulfillment to us. That, that's one of those nuances that you talked about. You know, because we do all agree that God is the higher power or the highest power. But getting over that idea that God doesn't have a personal agenda for me personally and you personally, that one is kind of hard to unravel because I have my personal agenda for my life based on the things that I like to do and and the things that I'm drawn to. But I'm also because of the tradition from which I came, I'm always kind of pulled back a little bit to be concerned about, is this agenda consistent with what God's agenda is? And then you kind of run down a rabbit hole for, or a rabbit trail for years and years and years trying to figure out what God's agenda is for me personally. You know, and that's where it kind of, that's where practical prayer came in like at the intersection for me because I needed something more than to just chase what might be God's agenda and then wait for the affirmation that I've got it right. If not, I got to start all over again. <laughs> right. And, and um, <laughs> you know, I mean, the most sincere person gets frustrated with that. And I think that's a, a big reason why there is, Maybe people discouraged and, and not have a lot of confidence in prayer because we're looking at it from two different ways. Yeah. And if, when you look at it from the opposite perspective, that this infinite creative power, this infinite intelligence is available. When we go into meditation and we quiet ourselves and let our monkey mind quiet down, we can hear that still small voice. We can be guided by the infinite. We can have, you know, be walking through the bookstore and have the book jump off the shelf. Like, oh, I didn't know I needed this book, but here it is. And let those coincidences guide our steps. And the question that we need to ask ourselves is, what's the experience I want to be having? And what's the highest and best experience for me and for everybody involved? And the good news is that we always have the ability in every area of our life to do that. And it's the, it's not bad news. The challenging part is that there's nobody else who's holding the rudder of our ship. Mm-hmm. So I can't say, oh, well, this is because God doesn't like me. I can't blame God out there because I, I wasn't given the correct instructions. And so I didn't ask properly. 
but it's it's me being perfectly reasonable in what I'm looking for. It's God let me down. And if we're in a situation where we know that the answer is always yes, there's an infinite creative power that's partnered with us to create our life, then if I create a life that's wonderful, I can be delighted with it. And if I've managed to create an experience of life that sucks, I have nobody else to blame. Now, I don't have to blame myself. That's certain, That's just the situation. And I can use that as guidance for, okay, well, what do I want to have instead? And move on from there. But when the highest God and the innermost God are the same God, when we don't have that duality of separateness, then everything is about me. So then there's, there's another one of those little nuances you talked about, and that's free will that really kind of changes things also. Because if I have free will, then I should be able to choose or follow my own agenda for life, for my life. And if the free will was given to me by God, which was, then I shouldn't have to worry about God getting on my case about a choice that I make, like whether I should be a veterinarian or a pastor. It's really up to me. And God's not going to be angry with either choice, right? No, God invented pastors and God invented veterinarians and God invented all this stuff. So how can God have a a horse in the race about which one, which path you're going to choose? And oh, by the way, you can change your mind partway through. God still loves you. Yeah, yeah. that's good news. Yeah. (laughs) I'm on career number nine at this point. I was going to say, I changed my mind a few times, you know, and (laughs) (laughs) I got to be honest with you. I checked with God and, and I didn't get an answer. So I remember, honest to, honest to God, <laughs> honest to God, <laughs> I said a couple of times that I remember, I'm not hearing from you, so I'm just going to go for it. And you catch up and talk to me along the way. If I'm not right, turn me around. But, you know, I'm waiting and waiting and I'm not getting it. So I'm going to go for it. Yeah. And I mean, that's a, that's a perfectly good prayer to do. If you're not getting the input that you want or the guidance that you want and you have an idea, but you're not sure if that's the right direction to go in. And the prayer is, I'm going to head in this direction. And if there's something that's wrong with that direction, that's something that doesn't serve me, make it really obvious really soon. You know? Yeah. And, and I like that. I like that because I'm not, it takes you out of the sitting on the side of the road waiting. You know, like I'm, there's that idea that I'm waiting for God to give me direction. Or I'm waiting for a change to happen or a change to come. If that's an uncomfortable place to be because, you know, you stay there and you're waiting for something. And then really God is waiting for us. Right. Right. And if I'm not clear about what it is that I want to be experiencing, if I'm saying I kind of want something nice, then my ambiguity, my inability to focus or invite the experience that I want is going to let me kind of be in neutral. And perhaps in hindsight, it will turn out that that weight was nice. But if I'm more specific about what it is that I want to do, what the guidance is that I want to have, that infinite intelligence, that divine power is going to help me create it. Let's take a quick break and then pick up our conversation about practical prayer. Good. Okay. Learn to put practical prayer to work in your life. The steps are simple to learn and let you begin to get real results to create the life of your dreams immediately. 
Reverend Bill Marcioni's widely acclaimed book, Practical Prayer for Real Results, gives you a clear summary of the new thought principles behind practical prayer and the series of easy-to-understand steps found in the most effective prayers from religions and spiritual practices all over the world and throughout history. Practical prayer is not a replacement for your religion or practice. It's a technique to make the work you do in consciousness even more effective. The book includes 40 prayers on various topics that you can adapt as needed and use as your own. Practical Prayer for Real Results is available in paperback, Kindle, and audiobook on Amazon or at b-the-light.com. That's b-the-light.com. Welcome back to the Practical Prayer Podcast. I'm Carol Lawrence here with Reverend Bill Marcioni. And we're talking about practical prayer. And I can just talk for hours or days or apparently decades about this. So where should we pick up? I think we were we talked about uh, free will and how God, you're almost, you're not saying that God is following our free will, or are you? Uh, we mean by following our free will. Well, if we have, we use the word agenda. That's that's an easy word to use, okay. easy thing to understand. So God, in practical prayer, does not have a personal agenda for for Carol. Carol has to have the agenda, and God joins in, in so to speak, with yeah. my agenda. God is your cheerleader. God created you to have free will and make your choices and live your life. Your Your whole purpose in life is to have a life. And what you do with the life is up to you. And my point is, and we, we can reason through this. The way that we reason through this is because if you could do something, if you could squander your life or you could uh, end your life and it would anger God, or if you could do something that would anger God and you could choose to do that thing or not, then you can choose when you're going to make God angry. And I don't know what kind of relationships you've had in your life, but if I know that I can always make somebody angry whenever I want to, I'm in control of the relationship. That's right. And yeah. And it doesn't really seem sensible that in a relationship between me and God, I have the upper hand. Right. I can't. So, no. <laughs> we can't anger God. That's why I like I was attracted to your book to begin with because it's practical prayer it's like it makes it real it's everyday practical stuff that i can use and focus on um, and it always works and it it always works but there's a there's a thing about this always works you got to see what's working mm -hmm. and so prayer works, yes, because I told you a story earlier before we came on about prayer, and you said prayer works, but I heard, I missed the S at first, and I thought about prayer work, because that's how I've come to see it or understand it. Like the work happens before the prayer is prayed. 
Mm-hmm. You agree yeah, with I also that? agree with that. Yeah. yeah. And, and to me, that's where the big stuff is. You know, the first course I took with you, practical prayer was a part of it. And what I couldn't get was that it seemed like I was starting, starting in the middle, you know, until you started to talk about the, the purpose of the prayer. There has to be a purpose as opposed to give me or I'm waiting for a change to come and not that change has to be identified. And that's in the purpose. And that's in the work. That's where the work happens. Like the prayer part is the beautiful part. You know, I'm, 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 and so maybe you can clear that up a little bit for me, because when I hear a practical prayer, I go into another zone. You know, it's it's beautiful. It's fulfilling. I finally understand that that phrase that the answer to the prayer is in the prayer. Mm. I didn't get that at first, but the more that I heard it and and the prayer in context, I get that. But that's that's something that you're going to explain down the road. Yeah, I can start explaining it now. So there's this innocuous little line in the Bible. It's done unto you as you believe. It's not done unto you if you believe or when you believe. It's as you believe. So what we are, what what that means is that we are experiencing our life according to our beliefs. And whatever the experience of life that I'm having, it's because this is this is the life that I believe in. And all of the stories and all of the trauma and all of the experiences that we've been through inform our belief. It's our belief system, and. We can tell what's in our belief system by looking at our life, because that's what we believe. You know, if we absolutely believe that we are, that the, the experience of life that we're desiring is different, then that's where the prayer is. Because there's something stuck in my belief system, hidden out of sight, where I don't know what it is. And when I uproot that and remove it, then my belief system changes, my belief changes, and suddenly my experience changes. Now, that's not God doing me a favor. That's me doing the work of uprooting what's been there that's hidden, my false beliefs, my hidden beliefs, and replace them with something that's going to serve me better. My friend uh, Robert D. McDonald has four questions, which really are just wonderful at getting to the, the heart of what we're going to be praying for. And the first question is, are you happy with the experience of life that you're having now? It's a yes or no question. And if the answer is yes, it's like, have a nice day. You're done. <laughs> and that's, that's to check in. Is there some new experience that I want to be having? And if the answer is to that question is no, I'm not happy with the life experience I've been having. That means that there's something in my belief system that is bringing about an experience that I don't like. So the second question, if you answered no to the first question, the second question is what experience of life do I want to be having instead? And we think of that as the pivot, because if I'm looking into the shadows, I know that the light is over my shoulder. There's something blocking it. and I want to turn towards whatever that light, whatever that goodness is going to be. That sounds really easy, but identifying what it is that we don't like and what it is we want to be having instead is huge and brings up the, the third question, which is once I have that, how will I know that I have it? Because if the answer to the second question is, I want to be happy. Okay, once you're happy, how are you going to know you're happy? 
things might get better or things might change. And then you're going to have to ask yourself, well, is this the happiness that I was looking for? But if I'm much more specific is that I want to feel really connected with my daughter. I want to have a wonderful vacation with the family. My prayer is to sleep peacefully every night. That's really concrete. It, it lets us put a metric on it. it, lets us measure it so that when we have it, we know that we have it. And then the fourth question, which lets us really tee up the prayer, is what's keeping me from having it now? We're looking for the blockage. We've been very specific about what it is that we're looking for. We've been equally specific about what it's going to look like when it shows up. And now we get to move whatever our previous beliefs are out of the way, because we have to excavate those and move them out of the way in order to move through into our next bit of good. And, and that's the hard work that we have to, <clears throat> I'm not going to say be willing to do, because that, I'll make the assumption that if we want to move forward in our life or our agenda or to manifest a desire or whatever, we're first willing to do this work, but having to find out what that work really is, you know. Yeah. So the self-realization part, you know, I, I got to know the work is hard again, and, and, but it's our work, right? It's my work. So my prayer is my work. My desire is my work. So I don't yeah. mind doing it. And I'm, I'm not sure that I would use the word hard. It is focused. It is demanding. It will build spiritual muscle, but it doesn't have to be painful. Um, I, I think it could. I think it's both sometimes, depending on oh. what you find in that belief system. Oh, yeah, it can be painful. And we are either pulled by passion or pushed by pain. Yeah, and I'm not sure I want to let go of the word hard either. Okay. Because... This is, this is your understanding of your prayer work. <laughs> See, I told you, you wrote the book. So, you know this. You know this. You have lived with this for a long time. But, and, and not, not just newcomers, you know, it's... it's work, you got to look at this and say, I'm willing, because you're going to bump into things that you find in your belief system that you have to work through before you can even get to the prayer, you know, so it's not like you could put a, a purpose together unless it's something, you know, work related and kind of immediate. But you, you look into your belief system and you find out how far back this thing is rooted and what it's done. You got to do a little work there first to undo that. It's not just enough to know that it's there, right? So that's why I guess I'm huh. not trying, not letting go yeah. of the idea of work. It's good there work. There have been some, yeah, it's, it's, it's necessary work. And there are things that I have gone through that have been tremendous struggles and some things that I still struggle with. It's not like this is just easy. Oh, I learned this technique and there's a little formula and bada bing, away we go. There are challenges in our life. And, and for everybody, if you have a, a meter, that's looking at the good in your life. It goes from the unhappiest experiences that you have, what you would call the worst experiences, up to the best experiences. And everybody has one of those meters. And different people have their meters calibrated differently. Some spend a lot more time up on the joy side. Mm -hmm. And the worst thing that ever happens to them is things that other people would call delightful. The worst that ever happens to them is joyous for other people. Mm -hmm. And there's some folks that are just in such misery that their scale is from miserable to bad and it just never goes above bad and 
that's kind of our belief system. So what we're going to do is we're going to recalibrate our meter. If this good is available anywhere, it's available everywhere, which means it's available to me. So the work that I'm doing is to recalibrate my acceptance and my awareness so I can let more good into my life in whatever area it happens to be. There's, there's a lot back there in, re and I like that, recalibrating your meter. There's a lot back there because uh, the meter has been set, sometimes generations. Uh, oh, yeah. You know, it's passed down. And so to even embrace, and first of all, I'm, I'm a meticulous person, so I'm going to look at every detail to death. <laughs> Good. <laughs> but, Somebody needs to do that. Well, that's just me. But so, you, you know, you're asking me to embrace an image of God that I didn't have. You know, because I know that every probably everybody would agree that God is good and God is loving and gracious and giving and and so forth. But then there's that other side of God that traditionally we've been taught exist in God, which is not good as like the mean God of the Old Testament, you know, and so that's the one that you can anger by doing this, this and this. So you're asking me to even enter into a belief system that says God is not going to punish me, not going to be angry with me. I can't make God mad. I got to work with that, you know, because I just, I didn't really just do this, but hypothetically, I just cussed somebody out that got on my last nerve. God doesn't like that, you know, and God heard it. And saw where, it where, where, did, where did the cuss words come from? Who knows? Somebody. <laughs> no, no. Back to the beginning of the story. In, in the beginning, there was darkness and void and God. And God began sharing itself. And everything that exists everywhere, everyone, is that divine God energy, that divine God presence, that divine God intelligence showing up in a different form. It's like the ocean evaporating up into the clouds and coming into different raindrops. Yes. If one of the raindrops is cuss words, it had to have come from the same ocean. There's nothing else that it could have come from. So how could God both invent cuss words or cussing someone out and then be unhappy about it? You know, I just because you did it. <laughs> I just set myself up for this. All right. Yeah, I get it because I'm willing to, because I want to. And it makes sense. It makes so when, but when sense. But you, when you cuss this person out, how did you feel about it? Well, actually, okay, let me go back to when I've done it. I felt quite good. What gets it out of your system? Yes, and I felt powerful. <laughs> <laughs> now, do you, do, you, do you cuss people out to their face or do you do it about them? I've Just done it. I've them. done it both ways. Now, listen, you know, you're, talking, you're asking me to compare a life before and a life now, okay? So, Carol has done that. Okay, and, and how did it make you feel face-to-face -to -face with somebody? Fine, had no problem with it. <laughs> None. <laughs> Look, I'm from West Philadelphia. That's just part of how you, you know, learn to function. So I'm good with it. But I can't ever say that I felt that I was right or that God approved, so to speak, you know, in, in that. It was, okay, God, I, I got this. You know, I... <laughs> You just be, you let me have this for like three minutes. I got it. I'll take care of it. And then okay. I will ask for forgiveness later. 
Okay. Do you find that you do that sort of behavior as much now as you did back in the good old days? Absolutely not. Absolutely okay. not. And my point is because it serves a purpose. And when you, you yell at somebody face to face, it lets loose the energy. It's okay. You ask for forgiveness. You move on. Eventually, you get to the point where when you need to yell, you don't necessarily have to be yelling at the person. You can yell about the person. You can do that in the privacy of your own home. Your need to yell and their need to be yelled at are two different things. And it feels better to not dump your energy onto somebody else because you know, you know what that does on a human level. Mm -hmm. So that becomes a choice. That becomes you having a greater spiritual insight. The forgiveness is coming from you as the divine expression of God that you are. And that uplifting, that change in the path that you have is the way that God is experiencing Carol and upliftment and that pivot. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So there is nothing that you can do that will piss God off, which is good news. And you get to choose what it is that you're going to do. Let's take another break and we'll come back with a prayer. You can put practical prayer to work in your life, and Reverend Bill Marcioni can help. He is offering an online class that teaches you to create your own practical prayer in five weekly one-hour sessions. The final hour brings your practical prayer together, anchored in live original music by a notable New Thought musician. Practical prayer is based on the most effective prayers found in religions and spiritual practices all over the world. Use it to deepen ever more fully into the truth of your spiritual nature. It's the core of a transformational spiritual practice that's simple, even if it's not always easy. Reverend Bill is also available for private spiritual counseling prayer sessions. Together, you'll lean into the challenges you've experienced in life and explore the transformation that's possible through practical prayer. He'll uncover old, hidden beliefs and uproot them to make way for the life of your dreams. Everything you need to know is on the website at b-the-light.com. That's b-the-light.com. Practical Prayer. I'm Carol Lawrence. I'm here with Reverend Bill Marcioni. And um, how about we do a prayer for divine guidance? Ooh, I love it. Yeah. And uh, that fits in perfectly with what we've been talking about, that there's an infinite intelligence. There is one source for everything and one mind. And because there's one mind, we are thinking with that same mind it's our it's we're, we're not all of god but the mind that we think with is the mind of god in the form as us so kind of tongue-in-cheek i would say that god knows what we're up to yeah um but that's also good news because god knows what we're up to and god knows what is best for us for next and divine guidance is having the next step be revealed so let's do a prayer for that good. and i'm going to do this prayer in seven steps and if you want to understand what the steps are, then that's a really good reason to get the book or take a class. <laughs> and then in another, in another episode, we'll go over what the steps are. Take a book and take the class. Yeah. Well, thank you. I, love, yeah. I like where you're headed with that. Okay. 
So the first thing that we get to do is turn away from the evidence, from the detail that shows up in the world around us. There's nothing wrong with it. The world around us is delightful. This is where we live. This is where we keep all of our stuff. And the truth is that there is a divine power and presence that created all of it. So when we turn away from what our five senses tell us is the outside world, we turn away from the notion that there's me in here and there's other things out there. We turn within and open ourselves to the awareness that the infinite creative power that created everything that divine source is within us. It is the creator of everything. That means that it's the creator of each of us as well. It is not possible that that divine presence, that God is everywhere in the universe except the three feet around me. That's not possible. So we open ourselves to the awareness of that infinite power and presence, that divine love, that creative power that in the beginning started with just itself and set an intention. Let there be light. Let there be life. Let there be everything that exists in this manifest universe. Setting the intention for this all to be created and providing the framework, the law that responded to that intention. That at the very moment that the infinite said, let there be light, began creating everything that exists in this universe. And that everything includes all of the wisdom, all of the insight, all of the power, all of the substance that exists everywhere. It is from the largest planet in the farthest galaxy to the tiniest particle swimming in our bloodstream. Everything is that divine God essence taking its own particular form. Everything is that infinite intelligence revealed in its own specific and special way. And that everything includes me. It includes each of us. We are each expressions of that divine, that divine intelligence, that divine power, that divine substance. And knowing that, I know that each of us is open and available to guidance, that wisdom, that knowingness, that the infinite intelligence that resides within us is able to inform us, it's able to guide us, it's able to suggest to us what is the next perfect step to take. So we let go of our attachment to thinking that we need to know how it's going to go, that we somehow have to work it or force it or make it happen. We surrender that. We let go of that. We let it wash away and open ourselves up to that still small voice, that divine guidance that is always available to suggest the next perfect step. And then when that guidance arrives, we take that perfect step and then listen again and take the next perfect step. And this is the partnership with the infinite as we are guided to the highest and best unfolding for each of us and for all of us. There is no need for somebody else to lose in order for us to win. There is excellence available at all levels in all areas. That's what it looks like when love is unfolding. That's what it looks like when the creative power that creates everything is creating with us to bring that newness into our lives. And I'm grateful for it. I'm grateful for the goodness that's showing up. I'm grateful for the wonderful stories about how this prayer has brought about transformation. And it's doing so right now for everyone within the sound of my voice. This good is at hand right here and right now. And with gratitude for this good, I speak this word of intention and I release it into that same creative law that has been responding since the infinite said, let there be light. 
Let there be this divine guidance. And so it is. Amen. And so it is. That was beautiful. Thank you. That was fun, too. Okay. That was actually, I think, nine steps, because I went, I went through the negative loop a couple of times. Well, because I took the class, I kind of followed you a little bit, but I was paying less attention to the steps and more attention to the prayer. That's perfect. That is perfect. I sometimes describe organized religion as taking a dance class at Arthur Murray, yes. where they put the, the, the shoe prints on the floor, mm-hmm. and you step from one to two to three to four to five to eight, and you can learn to dance that way. But if you tell somebody, can you turn the music down because I'm having a hard time counting? You've missed the point. You want to feel the groove and do the dance and get into the dance and move past needing to know what the steps are. So you're kind of doing it subconsciously, I suppose. Um, Yeah, I've actually gone through phases myself where I do the the steps in order and then I don't. I do, I I ad lib it. I do it in a different order. And I just, I go for the feel and for the groove. And what I've found now is that I've got, I found great comfort in the steps because it brings me into a, a fuller experience of the truth of me. Yeah. yeah. This is it's definitely a process of unfolding, you know, like you I don't think you can learn practical prayer and then just say you have it. I think you go to another level and another level and another level. Well, let's leave something for the next podcast. And thank you for the time today. The Practical Prayer Podcast with Reverend Bill Marcioni and Carol Lawrence is a production of BeTheLight.com. Be-the-light.com. Where you can find more information about practical prayer for real results. Our theme is by Music of Wisdom. You can learn about the spiritual community of New Thought Philadelphia with daily guided meditations, weekly celebrations of spirit, and Reverend Bill's classes in practical spirituality at NewThoughtPhilly.org. This podcast is supported by listeners like you. We're grateful for your tax-deductible donation at newthoughtphilly.org or the link in the episode description.